three more episodes. Two, if you don't even include this one, because technically this episode has already started. I am Fred Katz, I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic, and I'm podcasting in the hallway after a 129-112 loss to the Spurs, which, like, obviously just changes the Wizards' season forever. I'm here with uh, Matt Paris from The Washington Times. Yeah, thanks. You remember where I'd work. <laughs> it took you a second. My mind is in so many other places right now. Yeah. I haven't slept in so many days. Yeah. Breaking all sorts of news, I guess. I, I, I slept a little bit last night, actually. How many hours? It's a good uh, night. I slept six last night. Okay. That's but doable. the night before, I went to bed at six in the morning. Oh. And the night before, I went to bed at seven in the morning. Um, it's been bad. <laughs> it's been really bad. It's been a heavy work week. The, uh... The problem with The Athletic is that, like, when you're at a newspaper, yes. it's like, file your story by 10.30. Maybe you're up later and you're talking to people or whatever, but, like, other people are asleep by 1, and so, like, you're not talking to sources or anything yeah. then. Uh, and so you can go to sleep. You're okay. Maybe you're paranoid. Well, you're just going to break something, so right. you stay up a little bit. But you're not going to bed at 7. But with this, it's like... Make sure everything is as perfect as you can make it. Make sure it's as updated. Proofread it 572 times. And then it's like, oh, I'm never going to sleep. Right. I mean, you spend all that time working on a list, but there is no list. (laughs) There's no list. Someone told you. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk for this episode because, like, game analysis doesn't matter again. The Wizards lost. Devin Robinson played in the basketball game for the first time in two months. Uh, Woj just reported they waived Wesley Johnson. Uh, West told the same thing to former guest and Washington Post reporter Candace Buckner after the game. So uh, he won't be with the team for the last two games of the year. I don't know. Bradley Beal had like somewhat of a minutes limit. He played 31 instead of his usual 37. Uh, Thomas Bryant had 19 points. Uh, nobody, nobody cares. That's great podcasting, by the way. When you say a bunch of things and you're like, nobody cares about the thing yeah. I said. I want to talk lottery positioning stuff. Sure. Let's talk lottery positioning and uh, and lottery expectations. So the Wizards winning this game. Do you have your phone? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, let's right, do cool. this. This is just going to be like, we're like raw dog <laughs> podcasting right now. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, the Wizards tankathon. Boom, right <laughs> in the tab. This is exactly what I need. So the Wizards lost tonight, breaks, a, uh, puts them into, though? yeah, that is updated. Okay. Yeah, puts them to 32 and 48. That means they are, when I say ahead, it means they're technically behind, but ahead. Puts them in seventh best or eighth best lottery positioning. They're a half a game worse than New Orleans, so they're ahead of New Orleans there, who's ninth. Dallas and Memphis are tied for six, but the Wizards are in a virtual tie with them. They have one more win, and they have one more loss. They legitimately could... They're not mathematically eliminated from getting as high as five, but Atlanta has has two more losses than them, right? Three more losses than them. Atlanta got destroyed by Orlando tonight, so Atlanta is probably sticking at number five. Realistically, the Wizards could get up to number six. Let's go to strength of schedule here. And let's see this, because I wanna, I wanna talk. Where where do you think they're finishing right now? Um, I think the Knicks is a win, and they maybe probably lose to Boston, so thirty three and forty nine. So that would, I don't know. Let's see, who has Dallas has? Dallas has four games left. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, because the Wizards have one more win, one more loss. Well, two of them are against Memphis, so that would be, you'd think one of those would cancel each other out, right? The Wizards basically need those games to split. Yeah. They need those games. If they want to maximize their chances, it's six. And everyone knows that Memphis wants their pick because they want it to convert to Boston if it lands outside the top eight. Is that right? right? Yes. So, you know... That would that they win and Conley's been playing pretty well and Valachunas is playing well over there, so they have incentive to win, whereas Washington, even though they said they would never tank, it's just look at the lineups in the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dallas Dallas is like yeah. Dallas is shamelessly just full out. Dirk like, dunked in the game today. Dirk dunked today. He did, yeah. Wow. First quarter, first basket I think. Wow. Big yeah. deal. Uh but Dallas is like shamelessly losing right now. Right. Um yeah, they, if they get top five, right? They keep their pick? Top three? Top five. It's top five protected. Okay, they keep yeah. their pick. Yeah, so. But but they're not getting top five. Like no, they're, no, because, yeah, right. Because that, that pick is almost Atlanta. definitely going to go to Atlanta. Atlanta's going to get, like, a 2000, potentially, like, a 2009, sure. um, like, a potential, like, 2009 Minnesota situation where they have the fifth and the sixth pick. Uh, Dallas is, is almost definitely not going to keep that pick. Uh, I am really curious to see what Atlanta ends up doing if they get five and six. Right. Because they've got a nice young core. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean... They could potentially just use that to do the opposite of what they did last year. Use five and six and potentially try to use that to trade into the top four. Yeah. Because you might be able to find a team with the fourth pick who will trade four for five and six. And this team is top four. This draft is top four heavy, and they have a really, really nice core uh, right now with Trey Young and and John Collins and some other solid young players. I'm curious what they're going to do. If the Wizards get top seven, what what should they be looking for? I think kind of right now. It really depends how free how what they want to approach free agency like. But I think kind of that power forward. Like, I don't know, we were kind of talking on press row during the game. I was talking to a season ticket holder and whether we, whether I'd bring, like, they'd bring back Bobby Portis. And I know they like him, but uh, if he he, were to, he turned down, I think. Well, they uh, liked him. Yeah. We don't know but whether yeah, they're going to like him or not. Right? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it just kind of depends on the contract. But if you need, I mean, Marquise's gone. They don't really have a clear answer at, you know, the stretch four going forward. I don't think. Who knows if Ariza? No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Who knows if Ariza's coming back and Jeff Green? Like those got they are all free agents, so it's really like you know you look at a guy like if they stick at eight, Brandon Clark, someone from Gonzaga, he's been linked to them. I think they kind of need another wing. If they, you know, get into the top three, maybe John Moran is someone who can <laughs> be John Wall's eventual replacement, or who knows how that would fly over here, but. I mean, they kind of need everything. They want, they're going to win 32 to 33 games, 34. <laughs> like, they need a lot of help. That dynamic, if they ended up with Morant, they got lucky in the lottery. That dynamic would be incredible. Yeah. Just to see what, I've thought about that so much. Well, it'd be like, shades what of, would they do? Would it be shades of, like, John and Gilbert? Well, yes, it would. <laughs> it would be shades of Pip and Gehrig. Yeah. Like, it would, uh... That would that entire dynamic 
would just be unbelievable. It would absolutely be shades of, of John and Gilbert, and I don't know how John's going to do when when he comes back, but, like, it's a major injury. Right. It's right. a major, major injury, and you look, we're, we're in a point where, like, you can totally play two point guards. Oh, yeah. Like, in 2019, you can play two point guards. And they'd be doing this in 2020 when I imagine the game is going to go even more exaggerated. But, like, you can, you I mean, can do that. We saw it this time. year. We saw it with, you know, Tomas and John were on the floor together and Austin Rivers and John. Like, those weren't great lineups. Dallas plays three, we're yeah, about Dallas, yeah. Dallas plays three point guard lineups. Yeah, like, sure. You can do that. John, or George Carl did it back in the day with Andre Miller and Ty Lawson. That was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It yeah, really obscure here. And that was that was like, God, there are so many situations looking back on it when coaches just like wanted to stick too much to conventional positions. Yeah. When like the league was already making its shift, you could have done it, but it hadn't done it. Like I just remember so vividly when Eric Bledsoe was like a young up and comer on the Clippers, and he could only get like 19 minutes a game because right. Vinny Del Negro would not play him next to Chris Paul because like, well, they're both point guards. <laughs> you can't play Chris Paul. The, Eric Bledsoe might be all defense this year. Right. This was and, and was, by the way, a better defender then. Eric Bledsoe, when he first came into the league, was a fire defender. Like, unreal. Like, pre-injury, Eric Bledsoe. Oh, man. Like, oh, what an insane athlete. And he might be all defense this year. And he went so hard because he was trying to prove his place in the league. And Chris Paul, meanwhile, was, like, the best defensive point guard of his generation in the middle of his prime. It's like, so smart and so good. And... You could have easily played those two next to each other, and he was like, "Nope, almost never doing it, no matter what." Uh, this would be a different situation. Right. Grant's not really a defender. John's yeah. not really a defender, but like, and how many times are we going to talk about yeah. whether John will be willing to go off ball or you know oh, well, that hasn't really had a lot of track you know success so far, but. Well, see, if he can get to the point, I mean, who knows coming off an Achilles, but I think you look at John's play this year, a lot of the times, and he blamed it on the heel injury, it was just standing around, and that would just kill the Wizards offensively and defensively. It just looked like it's not fair to blame it all on him, but at the same time, like, it was definitely a weakness for him. Yeah, I mean, how many times did people cite that John... According to the sport, uh, according to second spectrum stats, moves at the slowest slowest speed on offense of any player in the league. How many times was that stat cited by Zach Lowe, by Tom Haverstrow? I probably wrote it. I'm sure you wrote it. Everybody wrote it. Uh, and like, I mean, that yeah, it, it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate thing. And when he comes back, we'll see. I mean, I don't know how that would work. Uh, give me your. You think they're going to win in New York and they're going to lose at home to Boston? Yeah. I think, I think they're losing both. Wouldn't it be oh, crazy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, New York just has no reason to win. Except if DePaul's Here's really the good. Thing. New York, the Knicks can win. Because the Knicks are getting... They're not. The Knicks don't need to tank anymore. The Knicks, the Knicks are getting a top three pick. Like, the Knicks are getting top three lottery positioning no matter what, which is all that matters now because it's 14% spread apart. Right, they're through... Oh yeah, no. I think Phoenix, the Knicks, is, Phoenix is three. Yeah, they have the worst record. Phoenix is three games back. But they don't. It doesn't even matter because no. it's fourteen percent across. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Those three. So oh, it yeah, doesn't yeah. even matter that right. much. We're in a new tanking era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Knicks are like they can they can win. Uh, I think. So here's my prediction. I think uh, Mitchell Robinson is going to kill them. Like, too bad Marquise is still isn't here. 
Is that, a, is that oh, the preseason? The that was preseason. Yeah. <laughs> what did Markeith say? He, He's a punk-ass rookie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> God, that feels like ages ago. That was like nine versions of this team ago. Uh, I think Mitchell Robinson's the exact guy who's going to kill them, and they're not going on the road, And even though they just beat Denver on the road. I think they're going to lose them both, and, and maybe this is just like me as a writer looking into the narrative, but like... They came into this year saying their goal was to win 50. <laughs> and then they lose 50. Yeah, I mean, it would and be if perfect. they lose That'd them both, they would lose exactly 50. That would be great. Well, not for them. Well, for us. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, anything else before we wrap up? No, thanks for having me. Yeah, as, a, as you can tell, we are running out of things to talk about <laughs> in post-game show, but we I got can, two more. We uh, can talk about how Wes Johnson's absence leaves their wing deck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't even say that. Uh, I will be back on Sunday after the Knicks game. I will be back on Tuesday after the Celtics game. Uh, I'm going to be, who knows what I'll be talking about for those two podcasts. But I will be talking about stuff, and I will be talking about Wizards, and I'll try my best to come up with some fresh angles and that kind of stuff. Uh, you should, if you listen to some episodes, but not all episodes and you enjoy this podcast, you should listen to my previous podcast. Uh, I did it with Ben Standig. We went for, I think, like an hour and three minutes. It was the day after uh, Ernie Grunfeld's dismissal, and uh, it's just a big wrap-up of the Ernie Grunfeld era and potential candidates and where the organization can go from here and all that stuff. You can go, you can listen to that, the same place that you listen to this. Uh, just go and download that episode. Uh, also, check out the athletic uh, there's a lot of stuff reacting to the last week uh i posted a piece this morning a profile on tommy shepherd who's the man who's taken over for ernie in the interim uh i named 11 other candidates whose names either have come up or might come up or will come up during this job search process michael lee has a you know has work up there david aldridge literally hall of famer david aldridge has work up there. Uh, I've got a couple other stories, all related to the change in the front office and all that stuff. And you can you can check all that out at the Athletic, five dollars a month. You can always find like promo codes that make it cheaper. Uh, go and sign up. The coverage is awesome. The coverage for other sports is awesome. The baseball coverage is honestly just insane. The fact that I'm a colleague with Peter. G- Gammons is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's preposterous. So go uh, go sign up for that and. Matt, also, plug your your work as well before we go. Yeah, just go to the Washington Times sports page. been writing about that. I also cover the Redskins, so if you want to know what they're doing for the draft, I guess just read back in a couple weeks because I'll have stuff on that. Perfect. And I will be back on Sunday after the next game. I'll talk to you guys later.